0: Ben? Chase. I have so much more energy than I did last week. (laughs) Here we go! Yeah, that was fake. Sorry. Sorry. No, me, that was fake. You sounded genuine. Oh. (laughs) I
1: I was faking it. My apologies. Yeah. Chase, this is the episode I've been waiting for in quarantine. Episode 67? Yes. And I will tell you why because this topic is the one I need the most help with.
0: Oh. Yes. I think I'm the guy to help you with it. A lot of our
1: other topics, I'm like, okay, I'm just giving myself a hard pass. Everybody's having a difficult time. I got out my garage, I did 60 pull ups, and I rode for half an hour, whatever. Now though, I'm in a real state of confusion. Oof. And I think mm. a lot of people are there.
0: Okay. Well, what, let's
1: let's solve it. What is the proper track? How do you make sure, no matter who you are, no matter what level athlete you are? Yes. Because we got to include guys like Steven in this that are kind of like f- wish a, a foot out the door yeah. of their <laughs> CrossFit career. Uh <laughs> what do you what is the track that you should take to not sabotage your efforts?
0: To lose before you even start the one, the path, the track of least
2: resistance. What is the re entry protocol? Yes, re wow, it sounds like we're coming in from space, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, pretty much, yeah. <laughs>
0: re entry protocol, how do you not burn up when you hit the atmosphere?
2: Exactly, because that just described every right? crossfit workout up? I've ever had. How do you not burn up when you re enter <laughs> the atmosphere? <laughs>
1: Yeah. So it is a huge concern of mine. Like, like it or not, I've kind of gotten to a, a place of stability with my at home workouts. Good. You know, I'm not losing a bunch of weight. I'm not gaining a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. I can still put 135 on the bar and and not look my, like myself in junior high. So we're gonna squat. What's that? No, no. I'm just moving it from one part of the garage to the next. Oh, no Olympic lifting. there. How far just,
0: can I throw this?
1: How far can I move this loaded bar? Um, so all that stuff is where it is, right? But now I'm getting a little bit nervous because, and all of us, I'm sure a lot of us are this way. Now we have an opportunity. We're showing back up. We're working out around people. We're back in the location where perhaps when we left, we were in pretty good shape. I don't know. Hunter, you released an article about this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of on the top of everybody's mind. I think it'd be good to have a conversation for all of us. What do we do?
2: Yeah, I... This, is, I mean, it's tough because everybody's uh, coming from different places. Uh, some people have um, a loaded home gym and were able to, you know, pretty much not miss a beat, other than having to work out by themselves. Um, while others didn't weren't, didn't really have access to much equipment at all and have been doing body weight uh, workouts, and then others have hardly worked out at all. You know, so um, everybody kind of is at a different place coming out of this, and so it's tough to know um, what she should be doing because, um, our mind remembers, uh, the fitness level we were at when we left the gym a couple months ago. Um, but our body doesn't. And so we have to, uh, <laughs> that is so true. we have to, we have to keep that in mind. I mean, it's, it's just like, how many times have you seen, um, a 35 year old guy, um, still think he's 18 and still think he can do the things he, he could do a senior year of high school and then hurt himself, you know? You, you, we can remember what we used to be able to do and we still think we can do it, but that's just not the case. And so what the most important thing for the first month is to just develop the consistent habit um, of coming to the gym again, of working out again. You have to get in that mindset of, for this next month, month and a half, two months, the results of the workout are not important. What is important is that I go. Um, and so making sure your name's on that board four or five, six times a week, um, is going to be imperative. Typically when, when you're coming from some time off, I'd say anywhere from 15 to 20 workouts and you should be back to where you were. And so if you're coming five days a week, that's three to four weeks. Uh, if you're coming four days a week, that's gonna be what, four to five weeks, something like that. Um, so just keep that in mind. Um it's going to take some time to get back to where you were. So let's uh, talk about it in categories
1: of wins because mm-hmm. I think this is easy. We'll talk about what are what are some bad wins next. Let's start with the yeah. the good wins. So the, yeah. the healthy win as I'm determining getting back into this is consistency. And these wins are going to sound a lot like what we've done on
2: previous episodes. Yeah. But just reminding, consistency and showing up, mm-hmm. that's the win. That's a big win. Yep. I, that's the most important win. Uh, more than More important than... What, who you beat in the workout, what weight you do, what your time was, all that type of stuff. Consistency is going to be the biggest win of all of this stuff. Coming to the gym, uh, developing that habit, because we are all creatures of habit. We talk about that all the time, and you got to get back in the habit. So, Even if you aren't back in the um, routine of going to work every day, maybe you're still working from home, you still want to start developing that habit of this time of day I'm going to work out um, you know, four or five days a week, whatever it is. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm going to the gym at this time. I'm putting it on my calendar. I'm not going to miss. That would be my number one goal for the first month, uh, month and a half of getting back into the gym is just developing that consistent routine.
1: So part of our win too, and I think this has been a huge source of comfort for a lot of people fitness-wise, uh, we're going to even maybe drop a track. We're going to go from this track to this track because we know that that track is going to help us. be So everything is viewed through the lens of consistency. Mm-hmm. If I get back in there and I'm like, man, I know I can do that weight on the bar, I can do that many reps of that particular movement, but it is going to make me sore for two days. Yeah, You probably want to avoid that because that's going to hurt your consistency.
2: Yeah, and we're trying to avoid that type of stuff just with the type of program we're doing. We're not going super heavy. Um, we're trying to do more MRAPs um, so people can kind of go at that moderate pace. Um, we're, we're trying to control... Uh, as many variables as we can as coaches and as programmers. Um, But you you do have to really more than ever check your ego out the door and don't think about what you were able to do or what you used to be able to do when you're coming in. Just embrace and accept where you are and be be willing to stick with um, what you're able to do that day. And so if that means instead of doing 95 pounds, doing 75 pounds, if it means um instead of going at 100% it means going at 92% or 90% um it, that's what that's the case yeah it it doesn't matter you know in 6 months from now it's not going to matter one iota what your score was on the workout it's not going to matter a week from now what your score was today on the workout but what will matter in 6 months or in a week is whether you came and whether you um did whether you did too much if you did too much and and tweak something and and have to sit out for two weeks that's going to matter um but if you just come consistently and put the work in um that's that's what's going to set you up to be able to make the, the progress and get back to where you were so you know checking your ego at out the door um when in doubt going lighter when in doubt going less skill um and finding that, that con- consistent pace that you can hold um, for, for a month, month and a half is going to be what gets you um, back the fastest.
1: Those are all really big wins that are easy to say, but get very difficult when you get in a competitive environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, you don't want to lose that. The, the competitive environment is part of the magic. Uh, but it can play some mind games with you. So just, just to recap what we said so far, the consistency in showing up, the checking your ego at the door, these are things that you can evaluate post-workout, but they're usually not the things that you are evaluating post-workout. That's, what, that's the habit that probably has to change for most of our athletes. When you finish this workout and you're headed to the car, you're thinking, did I show up? Mm-hmm. When? Did I check my ego? When? right When I was in doubt, did I go lighter? when Mm -hmm. the reason we're going to go lighter for less skill is so that we can kind of push the envelope of intensity a little bit without risking injury those are all really important things Mm -hmm. so if you just have that as a mindset leaving coyote fitness you're going to more rapidly progress through
2: this intermediate
1: phase of getting
2: back oh absolutely you'll 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 recover. you'll get there so much faster if you do that as opposed to coming in and trying to go um use the weights that you used to be able to use because you're what's going to end up happening is you're going to go slower. Uh, your techniques not going to be as good. Um, you're going to have a more likelihood, uh, hood to get hurt, all that type of stuff. Um, you're going to get it back much faster by, by going consistently lighter, um, and doing what you can each and every day. Your body's going to, the body remembers what you've done. It's going to, it's going to adapt very, very quickly to get you back to where you were. So that's, that's, what's going to, you know, get you there. So that's, you know, Coming consistently to the gym um, and and doing a manageable amount of work is going to be the most important thing you can do. And then the other most important thing you can do is to start getting your diet back on track. So we know how hard it's been for people to um, to consistently, you know, eat healthy. It's really hard when you're sitting at home all day not to be able to snack, go to the fridge, check it 20 times, see what's in there. You know, when you're um, going down the aisles at Kroger wherever, you know, grabbing the junk food just because it's like, I'm, I mean, it's quarantine, you know, whatever, <laughs> anything goes. Uh, so I, it's really easy to fall off that. And it's really easy to start drinking more at night. Um, there's a lot of stress and, and that's one way for people to manage it. But the, the other thing is start getting back in your healthy eating habits. So uh, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's tracking your food every day, um, whether it's shopping around the perimeter of the, of, of the grocery store, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you do, start getting that habit developed again. And like I said uh, before, uh, month, month and a half, give yourself that amount of time. So we're looking at, you know, 4th of July weekend. That's when we should be like, all right, we're really starting to rock and roll now. I'm starting to feel back to my old self. I've got things dialed in. I'm really starting to make progress. Uh, I wouldn't really try to think about setting any kind of PRs or anything up until that point. Unless, I mean, obviously there are some people that have been able to to push it at home and do that type of thing. Those are the outliers. The vast majority of people, you know, we want to be looking at at that time, um, time frame, 4th of July, July, and then maybe even August to when we're really rock and rolling. But, I mean, if you think about it, if with all that's happened this year, if by August you are able to start setting prs and stuff that's a win that's a big time win because you know everything that's happened and you're still back to the best version of yourself the fittest you've ever been by um, a, the 8th month of the year you still got four more months of the year to make progress so yeah it's not going to be the year that you make the most probably not the year you're going to make the most fitness gains of your life but you can still make you know you can still make progress and make gains um, this year it can be done you just have to go about it smartly
1: yeah so they say a watch pot never boils and that's exactly how PRs operate mm-hmm. if you go in there so I think we're kind of making the transition out talking about uh, bad wins if you're trying to focus on these things these yeah. are going to be bad wins we have to attack the first one right off the bat which is PR like now I'm back and we finally got something programmed And I actually worked on this a little bit during quarantine. I'm going to get in here and I'm going to nail this named workout for whatever reason. You know, uh, just kind of you're setting yourself up uh, for failure, not for success. Yeah,
2: for disappointment. um, If you know yourself and you know that you have not been able to bring the intensity like you normally could, um, do not walk into Fran expecting to PR. It's just not going to happen. You're going to set yourself up to be disappointed. Just set. Think of it as another day, another check mark. Fran
0: decides when you PR, not you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. There
2: is no doubt about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but if you have been able to, and you know you're going to. I mean, don't feel guilty about um, you know going in and setting a PR um, if you have you know been able to put the work in. Like I said, everybody's different, but. Uh, don't feel the, the the performance pressure. Just I don't you know I don't think you should ever feel the performance pressure. Honestly, you know if you it, you got to play the long game with all this type of stuff, and, and there should never be any pressure to to PR. You know if you do PR, that's great, enjoy it. But if you don't, don't beat yourself up and feel like you wasted all this time and, and you didn't make any progress. That's just not the case. It just might not have dim- shown itself that particular day, but Um, I think that, you know, as we go forward in this, um, as we're coming out of this, if you can just focus on giving your best effort each and every day and not focusing on the outcome, you're going to end up, um, a lot farther along than if, um, you come in and try to set a PR, um, the first day back. Yeah. A lot of it comes down to how you focus that, uh, intensity
1: in your competition, so a lot of people will choose those PRs, like if i don't if I don't see the confetti yeah. in, the, in sugar water like this is a wasted day yeah you know? mm-hmm. uh, the other thing is and I think there's going to be a lot more of this with a certain segment of our population than others, but it needs to be mentioned um, a lot of folks are going to be watching other folks mm-hmm. how did they weather quarantine if we get into a workout well, like normally I'd have a leg up on the, these particular people am I going to beat them again today you know yeah. like like uh, A metric that is either yourself in the past or someone else in the present. Those are bad wins.
2: Yeah, determining whether you had to go work out or not based off if you beat somebody else is such a terrible, terrible mindset to have because there's so many variables that are completely outside of your control. Like maybe they had a really bad day. Maybe they got three hours of sleep last night and didn't eat anything, any food, and you beat them, and that's going to mean that your workout was success. Well, maybe you could have – you did just enough to beat them, but you really had more in the tank and you could have gone faster. Um, and, on, and On the flip side, maybe somebody beat you and it's the best day they've ever had, and you did really good on the workout for what your capability is, but you're still um, disappointed because um, you, you got beat by somebody you feel like you shouldn't get, get gotten beat by. Use the other people for a push and to, to allow you to be able to push yourself a little bit harder than you normally would have. But at the end of the day, all the only really thing that matters is, did you give your best possible effort today? And if you did, then that's a win. No matter what the weight was on the bar or what the um, workout score was, you can't control all that type of stuff. You can only control what your effort is, and that needs to be your only measuring stick day in and day out. It's a Man, it's so hard to do, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, especially when you're
1: competing with people who you've developed a friendship with. It's kind of a safe way to – up the intensity just a little bit, but there's a time where you gotta back off and say, all right, that's not what this is about. You know, we've had to learn that lesson the hard way over the years inside of our community. You know, like it it is about using, leveraging competition in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. not an unhealthy way. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about some other bad things maybe to be focused on. I think one thing I'm hearing a lot is body composition. Mm -hmm. Uh, How how am I clothes fitting? Or I want to make sure that, uh, I mean, people fall into this trap a lot where they're watching the calorie burn more than anything else and eventually they just start eating muscle <laughs>
0: you yeah
1: because they're not they're not eating enough they're they lower their protein intake they up their workout intensity so they depart from the program because they're focused too much on their body composition instead of letting that take care of itself over time yeah uh, which is a great place to mention the beach body challenge is going to help people keep that in check if that's the thing that they're most concerned about then there's a protocol that can be followed even post-quarantine, reentry into society, mm-hmm. you could be a part of, the, if that's part of what's going on in people's minds, and I think, look, a lot of people have a lot of insecurity about how they look, and uh, we certainly don't want to pick on that, but if you focus on it too much, it can derail your efforts. So the beat, let's can we talk about the beach yeah. body challenge for a yeah, second? Yeah, Sure. So uh maybe a few things that would help in that arena if they do go ahead and sign up for the Beach Body Challenge, how's it gonna help us keep it kind of in between the ditches on that?
0: Yeah. So Wait, is it already going on while this
2: uh it'll be we'll we'll be having the meetings this week that, that this podcast comes out. Okay, yeah. cool. So that you can still go back and watch the videos or just, the just producing or, over here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <Continue>. <laughs> So the goal of the Beach Body Challenge is to help people develop um, healthy habits that are going to last well after it's over with. So we're having them track every day the amount of sleep they're getting, how much water they're getting, their food quality, food quantity, um, and their exercise. And so we're, we're they're getting points every day that they're hitting their numbers in those categories, and we're trying to do it every single day. So if they do it every single day for five weeks, um, they should be developing – um, a healthy habit and there's lots of people that have developed healthy habits last year in the Beach Body challenge that are still keeping them to this day and so that's what the goal is like if you're having trouble um, doing things consistently then this is going to be um, a great opportunity for you to be able to um, start developing those habits and there's a score sheet and it's just blatant did you do it or did you not and then at the end of the week you'll get a score of um, what your point the higher the point score the better and what we saw Last year with this, this is a new way we do this. Starting last year, the people who had the highest scores were the ones that made the most progress. I mean, it was just as straight and simple as that. Like the more points you got, the more consistent you were, the better progress you got um, on your body fat scan or whatever. So like I said, uh, last episode, you know, last time we had people who lost over 5% body fat, who lost over 10 body fat pounds, not pounds, but body fat pounds, which is just mind blowing for people to be able to do that in six weeks. And so this, this time it's going to be five weeks. And uh, that's going to give people plenty of time to develop the habits. But if you do it consistently, that body composition will change, and it'll change drastically uh, because your body is going to learn very quickly what it needs to do and what's going on. Um, And so I I, I highly recommend it for people just because it's a great way for people to be able to um, learn uh, what habits they need to be doing and start developing them.
1: It really comes down to don't, don't try to uh, determine the process. Determine how you're going to participate in the process. Yeah. You guys spend a lot more time researching, studying, trial and error on the best ways for the human body to change. Mm-hmm. And I think the temptation, the wrong win, if we could kind of wrap up the wrong win conversation here, would be for people to say, you know what? I'm going to design my own process mm-hmm. and it's going to go this way if you could take all of that energy that you would spend trying to design your own process and dial in how you're participating in the process that's already set out you're going to achieve the results that, that you're looking for right you know and a coach is going to be there with you over time to say hey you know, dial that back just a little bit you're you, there's an unhealthy tipping point that almost all of us have been thrown into mm-hmm. you know what we're trying to establish now is how do we get to that healthy tipping point to where you get to the end of the beach body challenge or the or July 4th if you don't participate in the challenge all right, I passed I'm past that tipping point. My habits have changed. It would be more difficult to go back to the other way than it is just to keep this going. Right. That's kind of the goal. So and I and I think we should say every coach at every location is going to have extreme sensitivity to how difficult this process is going to be for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the hand holding, uh, we have a strategy in the Coyote Fitness Family. Sometimes we're going to give you hugs, sometimes we're going to punch you in the face. You know? Right. It just depends on what you need that day. Right. Yeah. So I think uh, people putting themselves in the environment, that's why that consistency and showing up in the first place is the primary win. Because if you do that, all these things, because of the culture that you guys have created uh, at every location, you're going to be able to pace through that well and get the results you're out for. Right. Absolutely. I think we nailed it. We all just started looking at each other. (laughs) So now we get to the next part of this episode, which is
0: outside the box.
2: Killed it,
1: nailed it, man! See, look that I committed to the process, and it's coming back. The body remembers. (laughs) That's right, the body remembers. (laughs) So we should admit very publicly, yes, that the outside the box has been a new challenge for this particular podcast. Yes. But I like the direction it's going. Yes. Not to say that when sports and all sorts of things uh, comes back that we would ever commit to this model long-term. Yes. But it's working for us now. Yes. So the topic we're going to discuss for the three of us is... Yes. Man, it would be cool to be good at that. That's what we're talking about.
0: Oh, I thought you're... Yes. No.
1: Whatever you're thinking when you hear that phrase, man, it'd be cool to be good at that. What is that thing for you? Hmm. hmm. I'm. I'm good at so many things I already. It,
0: yeah. Uh, what's left? <laughs> Hard to find new things. I, my list is probably too long. It's probably the hardest thing. I could just say all of them, as they pop in my head, while I buy time on this podcast trying to think of them. That's all
2: I got. <laughs> all right. I'll go first. There's okay. A, there's Please. a couple of things that I want to learn uh, to do in the future. And I kind of started working on the first one in the uh, last year, and I kind of fell off. But I want to learn how to speak Spanish. Uh, I think uh, that would just be a really cool. We uh, we <laughs> not, not French <laughs> or French or German, yeah, or French, yeah. I probably speak a little more French than Spanish, just because I took it in high school. But um, I would like to learn it, just because I think it'd be have a really cool skill to have. Um, so it's
1: interesting because uh, your travel is not centered around Spanish speaking cultures, it's
2: not, but I mean, there's Spanish speaking culture right here, correct? Right. You know, there's a lot of people that speak Spanish here. My my uh, sister in law speaks Spanish as our first language, so um, does Greece still speak Greek? Mm-hmm. It's modern though, oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah. different.
1: So, anyway, sorry, yeah, when your sister in law starts going into Spanish, I'm yeah. like, oh, dude, I don't know what you said, but yeah, I just
0: yeah. feel
2: worse about myself. Does yeah. Thai know Spanish? I think he understands it, but I don't mm-hmm. think he can speak. He probably it. knows the tone. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. I think that's an angry yes. Okay, yeah, that
1: is an angry yes. Yeah. Um,
2: so that's one. Uh, the second one is I would love to be able to play an instrument one day. Um, I, I I've always wanted to play the drums. I thought that would be really cool. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun to do, um, and obviously the guitar. I mean, the guitar is really cool as well. So overrated. Uh, What'd you say? I said it's overrated. It's it overrated. to Play. You're just looking to pull out the you guitar part. You look unenthused at when you're playing it, Chase. Huh? You you don't look very very. It's because I'm
0: focusing so hard on not messing up.
1: <laughs> and he knows everybody in the room is thinking
0: he's behind the mic, but I never hear him sing. Is he rapping?
1: What he is look, he doing? He back looks there. like he's talking. Yeah. So some behind he the scenes have... information: when Chase is on stage playing guitar, often. He is also giving instruction to other people who are
0: on stage about what's coming up. That only they can hear. That only they can hear. And chewing them out for missing their chords, right? Yeah. That's that's exactly what I do, because I'm not the one messing up. You are. He's
1: literally (laughs) fired volunteers in real time.
0: Yep. (laughs) Cut, everybody. Hold on. Hold on. Put your hands down.
1: So you are going to be a Spanish-speaking drummer at some point in the near future.
2: Yeah, Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> Did he play the drums? I don't think no, so. No, he doesn't play an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> he barely sings. Enrique Iglesias. Uh,
1: okay, is that, that's it? That's the only two things you got?
2: Yeah, uh, that's I mean, it. There's lots of other things I love to do, but yeah, those are, those are two of them. All right, I've got...
1: Um, I have two, and they will not be a surprise at all to anyone who spends time around me. The first is, and I'm making a lot of progress in this, But I swear I, if you say building, woodworking stuff. I'm going to get to that. I'm going to start, though, with I want to be able to walk out onto my patio and grill anything that can be grilled without having to reference my phone. Oh, wow. So you just
0: know how long a pork tenderloin takes.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I'm trying to— grill master. uh, I grew up on— Strickland propane? I grew up on (laughs) propane. And now I'm having to figure out how to grill like a man. And it feels a little bit difficult. Uh, that was sexist? Yes, definitely. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm not, get, I'm going to pick on a guy who's like me, who's out there literally next to the grill with his iPad. Like, come on, man. Like, you ought, you ought to know how to do this, you know? It's like a guy who's mixing a cocktail who's looking at his notes the whole time. It just something feels wrong about it. Mm. So I want to be able to walk out on, I want to be really good at that. Like, hey, we should do some ribs. Okay. I know how to do that. Hey, we should ribs. do some, wow, Boston butt. But you didn't I did. like barbecue.
0: Yeah. You've listed two barbecue things back to back. Yeah. Is that last episode we're referencing?
1: It's a a grill. It's a grill. You sit on a throne of lies, man. So when you... (laughs) (laughs) So when I... It would be really cool to be good at that. That's one of the first things I think about is uh, being able to cook food outdoors. Then the next level of that would be able to uh, take it to the open flame. I think that would be awesome.
0: You have an open flame? No, but I'm
1: saying like if we're... Even if I'm in the woods or if we just have a fire pit available... I know what to do, hmm. which takes you into the Dutch oven kind of like, man, a guy who can make biscuits in a cast iron skillet. I could do a
0: roast in a Dutch oven. That's all you I got. You can't
1: see me, listening audience, but I'm, my hat's off to you if you're that guy. Okay. Hmm. Uh, the other one is, and I will be more and more clear about this, not just woodworking. It would be cool to be a guy that could build something with no power tools. I watch videos on this all the time. Those guys are incredible. They just take hand tools, saws, all that kind of stuff, and they make something beautiful and everything works. And that's
0: next level. I'd love to be that good. Mm-hmm. Right now I cheat. You're such a hipster. I think you're more of a hipster than any young person I know. Really? Yeah. You do that kind of stuff. This is not I'm not mocking you. You do that kind of stuff a lot where it sounds like I'm mocking you. <laughs> you're just surprised. Yeah. You do that kind of you get interested in that kind of stuff a lot. Like the, for lack of a better way to say it, like finding the hardest way to do something. Yes. And like you find that attractive because it's like the old style. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. That's why it'd be cool to be good you at that. You should churn butter. <laughs> Look,
1: I have thought I about. I
2: want to see that. I want to see you churning butter, bit
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have thought about taking some time off to sabbatical. Yes. Spend time with the person who does this because that that's how you learn. You know, do you know somebody that does this? There are a few people in town, yeah, that can uh-huh. teach me. Because I'm, I'm are they bas- all
0: over the age of seventy.
1: Most of them, yeah. That's I basically know about. nothing, nothing. If 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 I can't use a power tool to do it, hmm. you know, you know who else was a carpenter? So anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Bad joke. So th- those are my two things, and uh, I think it's because I feel so deficient in those two categories, and I'd love to master them.
0: Mm. Yeah, I'll kind of stick in the same vein. I think it'd be super. I've always been attracted to the people that can drive horse and carriage. You know, like, I can drive a car, but, you know, that's just the easiest way to do something. <laughs> now so, you are mocking me. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have a story about a guy who could not drive a horse and carriage very well. You can almost, tell it
1: real quick. He almost killed people at a wedding reception in New Orleans. Oh. We were at whatever the, one of the big hotels is there. It had a breezeway, and they were picking up the uh, bride and groom to, you know, I mm-hmm. guess make a laugh and come back to the, <laughs> to the, Missouri, rolls, the same rolls. hotel. Uh, but he's, he's sitting there and literally loses control of one of the horses. And it almost trampled two or three, legitimately almost trampled two or three people before he got control of it again. Wow. Wow. So, Well, that's crazy. If, if you're going to venture into being good at that, you better really be good at that.
0: No, not, I don't think there's an animal I dislike more than horses.
1: I think something that would be that's really cool true. for you to be good at is mm-hmm. learning how to cook salmon.
0: Uh, they, well, you know, I've, I've gotten so good at cooking it the best way. I feel like it would be it, kind of like woodworking without power tools. It'd be cool to learn. You're at that level. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I'm just kidding. I'll eat your smoked salmon. Uh, we should keep bringing this up every episode. Until, until people can hear forks hitting the plate during yeah. the recording. Yes. And then we both agree. Wow. I like the way you cook it too. Yeah. It's just different. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Look at us. Inclusive. Um, I would, Hunter's one about an instrument is a good one for me. I'm currently trying to learn the piano. Like, so I already have the benefit of like knowing the notes and stuff and the chords. It's just like making my hands do what I want them to do, you know? (laughs) Uh, There's like, (laughs) yeah. They're attached, but they're not doing what I'm telling them. I would love to be good at the drums. There's actually like similar stuff between the two, like independent. Uh, motor control and stuff like that like being able to do you know being able to do quarter notes on one hand while you're doing eighth or sixteenth or triplets on the other i don't know just that kind of stuff um believe it or not i know i do
1: know what you're talking about i believe you because you know why because deep dive here i'm a huge fan of bruce hornsby and yes. the range mm-hmm. uh even though i was born well after their popularity but this guy apparently one of his greatest skills as a piano player and musician is to be able to play two-handed independence, is what he calls them. But I've got something going over here and something going over here, and they don't they don't really match, but it ends up they do.
0: Oh, that's uh, odd. Or yeah, never mind. Never um, mind. It sounds yeah. hard. Different it, podcast. Yeah, deep dive. Um, cooking has always been interesting to me, but like I don't want to be like good at everything. You know, it's not it's not like yours been, which is a good choice, but just like being really good at like a specific dish. You know what I mean? So you've nailed stir-fry. I've nailed stir-fry. I fries. saw a picture that you've apparently nailed wings as well. I, yeah. Uh, they were – I don't want to say nail it because it was literally my first time to do it, but they were – freaking good you weren't disappointed yeah i used the same teriyaki sauce that i use on my stir fry and thought i wanted to use this on wings and it was a good choice um so it's cooking but not all types of cooking yeah i I don't have the specifics to it yet i would but i just want to be like i want to be i want to hear people say gosh you know who's really freaking good at x dish chase we should go to his house and have that
2: yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, You know who's really good at ordering takeout? Chase. <laughs> <laughs> Red Samurai, all the time. Oh, man. I, I had, had Red it Sam day, yesterday.
1: I don't know you're mad at me about it, but no, I had I, I'd already had it. It wasn't like I was deprived of it. <laughs> First time in eight weeks to have Red Samurai. Man, Huge fan. for all
0: of you that have no clue what we're talking about, I feel sorry for you.
1: Go to Red Samurai if you live here locally in the Jackson area. You uh, go to Red Samurai, you ask for the chicken bowl, and the guy behind the counter, if he doesn't know you and you order the chicken bowl, he immediately looks at you very suspiciously. Yeah. How do you know? In fact, the first time I ordered it, he asked me, how do you know about the chicken bowl? Yeah. I felt so cool. I know about the chicken bowl. So All right, so you have to, very publicly right now, you have to tell us what this dish is that you're going to master.
0: Oh, I was not prepared for that. That's why I asked you. Oh, you know what would be really good to be good at? cooking it's biscuits like who is who is not impressed by like just bomb homemade biscuits whenever you I have love them a good home. homemade biscuit that's, a, yeah,
1: that's pretty good because there's lots like of variation too yeah, yeah you can say all sorts of different types of biscuits are good you know when you hit a bad right.
0: biscuit right yes
1: but all sorts of different biscuits are good so i would be interested to
0: see like you're the tall dense biscuit guy you're the light fluffy biscuit guy i would say uh Somewhere in the middle, because I hate when, like, the the outside is literally like a like your pet rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, just a, a nice little crust, and then just unbelievably—and not and not these—you know those layered biscuits? Oh, yeah. I hate those. I don't the, want those. Yeah. I want, like, true country home-style biscuits with the perfect crust and fluffy on the middle that just—it's it, a— Sin not to have some grape jelly on it. With I was about butter. to ask, like, what condiment would be
1: offensive? Like, if I put syrup on this biscuit, would you be like, how? No, I, I,
0: because just because I don't like syrup on my biscuits doesn't mean that people should have to abstain from that. What's you know? the go to biscuit preparation? Grape jelly and butter. Grape jelly and butter. It's the best. Butter? And yeah. l- light on the jelly. I don't like it when it smothers. It. I love honey butter. Ooh. I like honey butter on bread. Yeah. Than for anything. my biscuit I'm going old school it's
1: just grape jelly no butter I don't have just time grape for that jelly. No I gotta get the first period yeah <laughs> I like <laughs> this. just biscuit and butter baby yeah yeah biscuit and butter guys. And this
0: may be my favorite segment we've done Yeah, <laughs> let's just keep saying good things <laughs>
1: yeah alright well, I'm looking forward to these biscuits so here's what's gonna happen we'll have a get together and we will have Hunter explain to us what he's about to play on the drums in <laughs> Spanish <We can laughs> <Yeah>. be- <laughs>
0: what language are you playing in dude
1: Spanish, just learn Spanish. Let me show you on the drums. Uh, so then we can be sitting at a table that I made, right? Yes. Uh, and we can have something off the grill also that I made.
0: If I see a single screw in this table though, I'm going to be, be like, pissed. I'm out, I'm yeah. out.
1: And then at the end of the evening, we could have biscuits that we turn into dessert based on
0: our choice of condiment. Mm, true. This would be the perfect evening. Yeah, biscuits are like cereal. You can, you can have them anytime you want. Of course, it yeah. goes without saying. Yeah. So we're
1: wow. kind of skirting the line here, though, of our outside the box and recommends, because it sounds like mm. we're recommending Biscuits. Well, Always. I would,
0: yeah, that's, that's a standing recommendation every <laughs> <Yeah>. episode. <laughs> it's like the understood you of yeah. recommendations, <laughs> yeah. Biscuits. Biscuits.
1: Yeah, so do we have recommendations this week? Surely. Surely. Hunter, Hunter has does. read something. Yeah,
2: Hunter, go first. Did I talk about the Last Kingdom TV show? No, no, you
0: haven't. A lot of people have, but you you haven't. It's trending in the top whatever.
2: Yeah, I, uh, so, so it's... Top 1,000. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, based off of, uh, this book series, uh, called the Saxon Chronicles. Um, and it's about the, like, late 800s in England, and it was, like, divided, like, it was a bunch of different small countries, like, uh, Wessex and Northumbria and, uh, Uh, I forget, um, I forget what the other one's called, but anyways, and then the Vikings are invading from the North and, and it's basically the story of the founding of England as a unified country. Um, and it's, it's, it's really good. I read all the books because I'd seen the show and I wanted to read the books first. So I read the books. There's like 11 or 12 of them and still more of them coming. So last week? No, no. I read them over a long period of time. They're, they're short, easy reads. Um, but uh so we've been watching the T V show on Netflix, it's really good. The the fourth season just came out. Um uh the the main character is Uhtred. He's he's kind of like a – he's he's just an all around awesome like, I was about all-around. to say,
1: how how do you feel about them the main in the beginning there's obviously the lead, you know, the mm-hmm. Ragnar of this version. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay, he seems a little bit more like young slash cocky, slash not yeah. his on purpose with his life destiny. Yeah. But there's also this, like, female character that I'm, I don't know. She just bothered me.
2: Have you, you hadn't watched
1: it? I got maybe three or four episodes, traditional Ben. I oh, get you got to get, get past episodes. that.
2: You got to get farther. Oh, you're talking about Brita, the, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, okay, I don't know who you are. But it sounds like a cheese. Brita. <laughs> Brita. <laughs> yeah, that's what she has to the show. I don't know. I may not try to attack attack her ability as an actor, but... It just—it was part of my reason for going. Yeah, I was already on the fence about this main guy.
2: There's I, a lot. Uh, there's a lot that happens in the first season. It like it, it jumps all over the place and stuff happens really fast. Um, it starts slowing down after that. But uh, no, you—he you, becomes like a very likable uh, main character. He's I do very,
1: like the fact that he's the underdog. Yeah. Oh, you know, he definitely got is. Right. And another thing—it's like got this right. whole
2: conflict, and we're like he's a—he's—he's a, he's both yeah he's english but he was raised by vikings and uh so then but then now he's back on the english side and and he's fighting vikings all the time but th- it's like this this cool interplay and it just kind of shows like they were all interwoven in that time like there's vikings and um english people all like fighting and living amongst each other this whole time and it's just this mass cluster of things going on but it's What's it's this good book
1: you loaned me i read it actually i can't remember the title oh yeah that was the vikings Vikings.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I can't.
0: What's the title again? What's the title
2: of the book about Vikings? That was actually like a more of like a history book.
1: Yeah, but that's one of the main points that it makes is like the Vikings literally invaded the world, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them once they invaded a place, they never left.
2: Yeah, and they intermarried and they got mixed in between, and yeah, yeah. That's why we
0: have blonde hair.
2: It was part of the demise of their culture, actually, in that they, you know.
1: But anyway, yeah, so here's what I'll say that this show does get right. I will vouch for it on this. A lot of times you jump in on these Vikings or, or history shows, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is this was terribly filmed and incredibly cheesy, and this looks like the costumes from my
2: high school theater class. Mm. They did a great job with the show. They I mean, did. The, just the quality of TV production has gotten so much better. They put so much more money into it, and it's, such, it's more realistic. Um, it's not as high quality as... Game of Thrones or anything like that, but it's still well done. As long as TV
0: shows like The Walking Dead exist, TV will always be second fiddle to film. <laughs> but Hunter is right. It has gotten better.
2: Yeah, so much better. I it? think the vast majority of TV, yes, is less than film, but there are very rare. I just rare. wanted to throw some shade on The Walking Dead. Yeah, there are yeah. yeah. rare exceptions.
1: Yeah. All right, so it sounds like your next, Chase. Would you recommend?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's a great show coming out, uh, Walking Dead. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going to recommend. Uh, I think at this point, years ago, because this is a this is a long spanning podcast that has stretched many generations. Um, in a previous generation, I recommended a band called Wolfpack. Uh, <laughs> now, I don't. I haven't gotten any follow up on it, if anybody followed that recommendation on like episode nine. Oh, I have. Um, yeah, I, I know you have. have. Yeah, I'd bet Hunter hasn't.
2: No, I I did look him up one time. I'll give you. That. <laughs> oh. Wow, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I looked them up on Spotify. I did look them up. Once. <laughs> <laughs> I woke, looked them up and made an informed decision not to listen. But I, <laughs> all right, well, no, I think I actually do think I listened to one of their songs or maybe a couple of them just to get a vibe of it. They're talented people. They are. They are. They're very talented. Anyway.
0: They have a spinoff band. If you like Wolfpack, then you might like their spinoff band called the Fearless Flyers. It—I don't know how to describe it. I honestly don't even know what genre it is, but it's just—it's incredible. Uh, they got a—they got a catalog that they've—they uh, started back in like 2017 or I think 18. Um, I don't know how to describe it to you. I really don't. But it's worth you going and listening to it. Uh, start at the beginning, get a feel for it, and then work your way up to the the EP they just released this week, I th- the week of recording, excuse me. Uh, you're going to want to go and listen to it. you got nothing better to do, I promise. So do it. There you go. Yeah. All right, I've got some pretty in-depth
1: recommends. Mm. So do we have any time left in this episode? You, uh Yes, we always do. I'm going to take it up. All right, so the first thing I'm going to recommend, first two things I'm going to recommend are going to be music-based. All right, everyone brace yourselves. Here we go. Marcus King. Yes. I'm recommending Marcus King. He is uh, a young guy that sounds like he's literally literally almost dead, the way that he sings. Mm He's like, this guy is from the past, Marcus King. He's a jazz guy. If you watch the way that he plays guitar and you break it down, he's got a lot of jazz influence, but he <laughs> sings a lot of the blues in kind of an old-school country way.
0: Are you – him or his band? Which one are you recommending? Um, I think they're
1: both quality. So here's okay. what's happened. He's separated out because he linked up with Dan Auerbach. Is that how you say that?
0: I'm not 100%. So
1: the guy with the black-eyed – black, eyed, black eyed, um yeah. Not peas. That'd be a totally different scenario. <laughs> the black keys. The black keys, yeah. So he ma- he matches up with him, and I think this is why he's getting a little bit more pl- publicity, but oh my gosh, is he making good music. Yeah, it's it just is. just a great... And I'm, I'm not saying that you should be riding around listening to this, but if you're at home on the patio learning how to grill things exceptionally well, it's a great podcast. It's a great listen, okay? Podcast. Yeah. Great podcast. So you can go... If you're looking for an album and you want to go not just what's recommended there when you pull them up on Spotify, Carolina Confessions... Pretty incredible best track on that. Goodbye, Carolina. It's a song he wrote about leaving his hometown. Pretty cool. Okay, the next one. A little bit off the beaten path, but it's going to be a bridge to my last recommend. I recommend that everyone goes back and listens to Pearl Jam's album, Yield. Completely underappreciated album. Came out like 97, 98. I was watching some Eddie Vedder stuff on YouTube. I'm like, man, this guy just defined Seattle grunge. Yeah, he did. But then you go, you get to their early stuff, and everybody stops like Black and Evenflo and Jeremy and all that. You get to Yield. You're like, okay, now they're famous. They've gotten a couple albums behind them, and they're just being Pearl Jam for an entire album. And you know what I'm talking about with Red Hot Chili Peppers. They yeah. get this album where they're like, they don't care anymore whether it sells. They're just yeah. being themselves, and they're I, putting I love out that. I what think, they believe in. Yes, this is what Pearl Jam hits, I think, with Yield. So if you grew up in the 90s, Uh, or have heard about how awesome 90s music is, this would be a good, like, if you brought this up to me at a party that you were listening to this, I'd be like, okay, you're not faking. (laughs) You actually listen to 90s music.
2: I'll tell you what, Pearl Jam, Song Black, that's one of the saddest songs ever written, man.
1: Oh, man,
2: yeah, yeah. So sad. Yeah,
1: so what what got me on this kick is I was watching their unplugged version, and I was watching a British lady make commentary on... This performance and oh, it's yeah. it's pretty hilarious, yeah. So you, you maybe should check that out too. But um, this guy, I think he's just underappreciated anyway in music. Everybody just thinks he's like a drughead rocker or whatever, but he's still around, right? Who Eddie Vedder? Yeah, he's still. around. people are going to see him buying tickets? All right. So the last recommend, I recommend that you find a show on your streaming service that is not widescreen. That's how old it is. That it's what do you call that four, four by three. three. It's 4-3. I actually knew that. It's 4-3. Okay, it's that old, and you take in entertainment from that time period and see how different things are. I'm not making like the conservative, it's cleaner argument. It's just really interesting to see, for instance, my kids are binge-watching Star Trek The Next Generation right now. Almost every night we sit down and watch an episode, and it's completely intriguing how different writers were then, what they did with their the political agenda that's kind of underneath the surface, yeah. a little bit hidden, the character development. So I would recommend that you start with Marcus King, who's a new artist, then you go to Pearl Jam, which will put you in the mood to
0: watch a show from the 90s. Oh, you're saying like, oh, I was thinking like the 60s. Yeah. Like e- I was about to break out Leave It to Beaver. Leave It to yeah.
1: Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> well, zero political agenda there, except for, <laughs> you know, well, there actually were a lot of political agendas in that stuff, but... Yeah, I think once you get to the 90s, now the the difficult part about it is there there was lots of bad television in the 90s. Yes. Really bad. Yeah, really, really bad. There's a lot of bad entertainment from the 90s. No doubt about it. But uh, there are a few shows that were pretty good. There
2: was some good entertainment too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not trying to tell people to go watch Party of Five. Like I don't know if I would go into that or like binge watch Friends or something, but. (laughs)
2: Nothing beats that 1997. Friday night at Blockbuster. <laughs> picking oh, somebody out somebody got all the copies. Picking out, yeah. Oh, you had to get there when the new one came out. They had two whole panels on the wall. Oh, yeah. Empty of the new
1: movie. Oh, man, yeah. And if you went over to a friend's house and they rented it and they kept it longer than they should because they were just okay with late fees, that would break up some friendships. Like, dude, I was trying to watch this the other night. It's at your house.
2: We had, uh, we had a movie from... Uh, what was it? Video library. Yes. For three years. <laughs> <laughs> Take that red box. <laughs> <laughs> three years we had that thing. Oh, and then I think we finally took it back.
1: Oh man. So what is it? What is the best '90s show? That maybe that should be another the best '90s show
2: outside oh, of the box. Alf. Alf. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We need to do a segment on that. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it kind of depends on the genre, you know. I mean, mean, some people would say X Files,
0: because it was just—I mean, it was.
2: It depends on how old you were. I I was watching like Nickelodeon back then. Oh, that's true. I was about
0: to say I was—I was about to drop Hey Arnold.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was watching sports, which is accurate. Well, yeah, yeah. Hey Arnold, Rugrats, maybe this (laughs) Doug. This Doug is a great. Doug was a good one. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Another good one. <laughs> oh, classics.
1: It's worth a good Google. Look, people are reaching for it. We're going outside the bounds of our normal lanes of entertainment. So probably a good thing to do would be able to uh, Google, hey, best 90s show. Give, mm-hmm. them, give them a shot. You may be surprised because the format a lot of times will run people off. Like, oh, I've got black bars on the side of my TV. I'm not watching this. And the cheese factor a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Pete and
2: Pete, did you all watch that one? <laughs> no. Oh.
0: <laughs> All that, yeah. There you go. Yeah, don't judge it by the jingle. A great jingle. Oh, my my rendition. Oh, yeah. Family Matters. Family Matters.
1: Yeah. Steve Urkel. A lot Full of those out there, like you know, fr- the Friday night, Thursday night sitcom stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's more serious TV out there. Maybe we could just put that challenge. I would just like credit for rolling through recommends like I knew what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You get you credit for that. It. All right, let's close this thing. <sighs> See ya.
2: See ya. Bye.